Well, Jesus was asked that question, and he gave us the great commandment and the great commission. And the great commandment, see if you remember it, if you can say it with me, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second part of that is to love your neighbor as yourself. And the great commission, let's read that together. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the job description of every Christian. You can't do it, however, without the Holy Spirit living within you. And the reason that the Lord allowed these early believers to be scattered across the Mediterranean basin was to tell a dying world about Jesus. It wasn't a bad thing. It was a good thing. And that's the reason the Lord brought you to Big Sky. Is that so that you can share Jesus with others in this place. Anybody around here need to know about Jesus? Our job as Christians is to transform the world by living and sharing the goodness of Jesus with the people around us right where we are. So, let's open our Bibles, if you have them, to James chapter 3. If you have an app on your phone, uh, you can open it up. I'm going to begin this message this morning with the application. Pastor Jesus, we always going to do the application at the end. We're going to do the application right here at the beginning. Are you ready for the application? All right. If we want to change America, if we want to change Big Sky, if we want to recover truth and integrity and grace in our dialogue with one another, in our politics, in social media, in our homes, then it's our hearts and our words that must change. Our lives need to be continually transformed by the Holy Spirit. Are you with me so far? Second Chronicles 7.14, way back in the Old Testament, puts it this way. And this is God speaking to His church. This is God speaking to us gathered here this morning. Let's read it together. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. This isn't about the other guys. This is about us gathered here this morning. We have a communication problem in our nation, in our homes, in our marriages. Too often we're like human children. We're stuck and we don't know how to fix it. But as long as we remain in denial about our problem or continue to blame or accuse one another, nothing is going to change in this communication crisis that we find ourselves in. Change begins when we humble ourselves and repent of the ways we've used our tongues and our words to lie or deceive or complain or gossip or ridicule or criticize one another in unfair ways. Now, I've got to be honest with you, my family is here. My wife and my daughter are here. They can bear witness how far short that I have fallen. We're all in this boat together. 
The Bible says we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And anyone who thinks they're without sin in how they use their tongues is only fooling themselves. Wicked words flow out of the wickedness that is in our hearts. And only the Lord can cleanse a sin-sick heart and deliver us and forgive us for the way, ways we have misused our words. But it starts with humbling ourselves enough to confess what we've done wrong and come to Him. We must decide if we want our tongues to be governed by the world around us and fall into the habits of the world around us or if we want our tongues to be controlled by the wisdom of God. We know about the wisdom of the world. The wisdom of the world uses the tongue to destroy and control others, either through deceit or through put-downs or criticism, murmuring, gossiping. The world's wisdom is foolishness compared to God's wisdom. And the day is coming when that will be clearly seen. Think for a moment about what happened at the cross. On one hand, there were the tongues that were controlled by the wisdom of the world. They stood around that cross cursing and swearing and lying and accusing. And they were proud and they were arrogant and they were scoffing and critical and abusive and vicious. They thought they had the upper hand. But their words were the words of death. But on the other hand, there was Jesus. And his words were words of life. His words were the words that had called the world into existence. His words spoke forgiveness, grace, love, mercy, and healing. And his words were the words of life. We were all there under the cross. And every word that we have ever misused as a weapon to hurt someone else curse or swear or lie or deceive or condemn, put one of those stripes on Jesus' body. And drove those nails into his hands and his feet. Pastor James observes, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. Brothers and sisters, this should not be so. Can fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? So how do we change this terrible habit we've fallen, fallen into? We run to Jesus. We run to Him. He's our only hope. Psalm 111 says, The fear of the Lord, submission to the Lord, is the beginning of wisdom. And wisdom is the ability to handle this power we've been given, the power of our tongue. The Roman world in which Pastor James' congregation was living was filled with words, but they were empty words. The Romans were big into oratory, they loved speeches, but nobody expected the speeches to mean anything, and they certainly didn't expect the speeches to tell the truth. What mattered was the entertainment value. But they were empty words. And they had no power to bring life to a dying world. 
And we see the same thing today. We see it in our text. We see it on, on, on the, our entertainment. We see it in social media, uh, media. And we even glorify those who use their words to hurt and manipulate. But we no longer expect to hear much truth in all of these words that surround us. How different Jesus' words are. Jesus' words are filled with truth and with grace and with power. Grace and truth come from Jesus Christ. And he is the only source. Jesus' words change things for the better. Jesus' words change people. They bring order to confusion. They are unlike any words that we can find anywhere else in the, in the world. People have never heard words like the ones that he spoke. And they still have it. Not unless we share them. Jesus' words still heal the sick and raise the dead and forgive sin. And he has commissioned us to use our words in the same way in this broken world. Pastor James warns his, his congregation, his scattered congregation, be careful who you call to be teachers. Because teachers have great power. And we all can think back on stories of teachers, leaders, maybe parents, grandparents, who have used their words to either help us and, and tell us the truth or hurt us and lie to us. That's scary because all of us teach somebody. All of us have taught somebody. How truthful have our, how our words been. May God have mercy on us for the mistakes we have made. James implies that teachers should use their words with fear and trembling because of the great responsibility we've been given. Words are an enormous responsibility. An enormous responsibility. When faithful teachers teach with an attitude of great humility because they know they teach from under the authority of God's word. And without it, they will fail. You know what the hardest time of the week is for most pastors? It's Sunday afternoon. When we think back upon what we should have said and we didn't. Or what we should not have said and we did. Parents experience the same thing. The good news is the Lord promises that if we will humble ourselves and if we will do our best, that He will bless the desire of our hearts and He'll speak words of life through us. How incredible. How incredible. And a day is coming when He will say to His faithful, Well done, good and faithful servant. It's never about us. Our next breath, our past, our future is about Jesus. And every word that comes out of our mouth either brings him glory and advances his kingdom or brings him grief and resists the coming of his kingdom. So how's it going with the words that have been coming out of your mouth? Does the way that you talk need to change? Do your words bear the breath of heaven? Or do they bear the stench of death? Jesus warned us a day is coming when every word we have ever said is going to be heard before the throne of heaven. 
Let's turn fire. Is there any hope for the failures that we have done? Is there any way to erase all of that? To wipe out the echoes of our deplorable words? Yes, there is. His name is Jesus. He came to save sinners. He has the power to make all things new. His blood shed on the cross can wipe away the sinful words of our past as if they never happened. And it's not only the words we spoke, it's the words we should have said, but we never said. The prophet Isaiah tells us that though our sins are as permanent as scarlet, the Lord can make them as white as snow. He promises that he will put our sins far away from us as the east is from the west. He will remember our sins no more. He will transform and change our hearts and he can purify and cleanse the spring that flows out of our hearts and across our tongues. But we need to humble ourselves before him and confess our sin. 1 John 1 9 says, If you will confess our sins, not only will forgive us, but will cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. So let's go back to the application. Has the world, the devil, and our own sinful nature poisoned the spring flowing from their heart? Have you fallen into habits of misusing your words? Maybe you've misused God's name in order to gain acceptance from others. Maybe you've criticized and abused others as a means of lifting up yourself. Maybe you've used your words to curse, swear, lie, or deceive. The Bible says that's a sin before God, and it's poisoning your life. Not only poisoning your life, it's poisoning the, the lives of the people that are around us. And you need to repent, because it's separating you from God. You need to confess it and ask God to forgive you, and then ask those that you have abused or deceived to forgive you. Could do something a little bit different. Men, would you please stand? The men and the boys. The men and the boys in the room. Men, the Lord has given you responsibility for leadership in this world. In your marriages, with your children in the workplace. And that means leadership in the way you speak. In the way you use this gift of language. Research indicates that on the average, we men will speak one-third as many words per day as women. But that also indicates that your words carry great weight, great weight, in the lives of your children and family. Satan works overtime to tempt us to misuse our tongues, to exalt ourselves, control others, and men particularly times when we're silent when we should speak. I don't know how many people have talked to me and told me, my dad never told me he loved me. If you've fallen into this trap, would you join us, me this morning and humble your heart and ask God to forgive you. Ask Him to purify your heart for the words that are flowing from your mouth are the words of Jesus. 
There were words of life, not words of death. Women, girls, did you stand? Men, stay standing. The Lord created you to do much more in depth and language than the men that are beside you. He gave you many more words than the men around you. Research indicates you'll speak three times as many words in the course of managing the relationships that fill your life as the men beside you. Your words have far greater power than you realize. You've been hurt by the words of others. And you've hurt others with your words. Don't misuse the power the Lord has given you. Satan works overtime to tempt you to use your words. To nag, to criticize, to gossip, to abuse others. If you misuse your tongue to destroy rather than build up, humble yourself and ask the Lord to forgive you. Ask the people that you abuse to forgive you. And ask the Lord to change what's coming out of your heart and through your mouth from bitterness to a spring sweet and living water. Brothers and sisters, in a moment, we're going to be preparing for communion. If you have business to take care of with the Lord regarding the use of your tongue, the habits of your tongue that you've fallen into, then I ask you to do that. You want you can sit where you are, you can bow your head there, if you want, you can even come before the Lord up here. It's up to you. Ask Jesus to cleanse and transform your heart so that the words coming from your mouth are words of life. Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit of God, you are the breath of God and you carry to us the words of life. We need your help. The world, the devil, of our own sinful nature has infected and poisoned our hearts and our words. We have not spoken the way we should. We have been silent when we should have spoken out. And we have spoken out when we should have remained silent. We need you to cleanse and transform our hearts so that the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our hearts are pure and clean and life-giving for those around us. Create us clean hearts and renew a right spirit within us. We ask in Jesus' name, you may be